Hey all, Michael Saramella here, and welcome back to the STAB Podcast channel. Today you're going to listen to something a little different from our typical weekly news segment on The Drop. Every Thursday over the next six weeks, we're going to publish a long-form interview-style podcast from different surfing regions to support our new No Contest series, which is produced in conjunction with Red Bull and available to watch for free on Red Bull TV. Ashton Goggins will lead these discussions with surfers and tastemakers from around the globe, including places like Fiji, Italy, Costa Rica, and beyond. For our Stab Podcast regulars, do not fret. We'll still be publishing our normal episodes of The Drop every Friday to discuss weekly surf news and competition with Buck, Stace, and myself. But for now, it's over to Ashton. Enjoy. I think for Italians, it's so important to show you the best of whatever we're showing you. To, you know, because we're proud. Like you said, Italians are proud. And for me, and I mean, even Robbie, Robbie even more, you know, we're so proud to make sure, we want to make sure that you guys come and have the best time possible. We want to make sure that happens. And sometimes you have pressure because you want to really make sure that we're doing the best things. And you see Robbie, sometimes he stresses out because he's such a proud, passionate Italian that if he brings Steph, if he brings you guys, anybody, any friend from all over the world, he wants to make sure you're having the best food, you're doing the best possible things, and you're surfing the best possible waves at the right time. Hello, and welcome back to the No Contest Off Tour podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to the new STAB and Red Bull Media House series. I'm Tyler Brewer from the Swell Season Surf Podcast, and we are again joined here with director and show host, of No Contest Off Tour, Ashton Goggins. So we have a very cool episode here. I'm super psyched on. And, uh, you know, just because uh, I am a big fan of the region that we're, that we're going to, and I'm a big foodie fan of this region. So where are we going? Let's, let's, let's tell the listeners. We're, we're going to the, uh, the old country. Uh, we went to Italy with Stephanie Gilmore and Leo Fioravanti wow. to Rome and Sardinia, which was never somewhere I expected to go on a surf trip. I've I've been to Italy once for a week and was baffled by how incredible the food and the landscapes and the architecture were, but I never, ever even put it on the list of surf destinations. And when we started to come up with the list for this year, I had been talking to Leo, and I was like, oh what's a good time of year to go like try and score waves in Italy? He's like, well, we have waves all the time, but around the time that the event is in Portugal, we could try maybe and see if there's a swell and pull it off. And so we flew to Portugal, met up with Leo, and the day we got there, Portugal was like six foot and offshore and perfect. And we were like trying to figure out how much time we had to surf before the storm moved into the Mediterranean and they had like three days of waves. And so it just all happened real quick. And Steph was there and just hit us up and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? Do you mind if I come along and go to Italy? What? And That's so cool. Well, she, at first she was like, we're, we want to stay in Europe for longer. Like, what should we do? And Leo was like, well, we're going to go chase waves in Italy if you're interested. And she was like so excited. She said that she'd always wanted to go. And for me, it was like such a validation of the project of like most surf trips are a grind for a lot of surfers. And so they're you know, they're hesitant to agree to things, but I think Steph knew going into it that having Leo show us Italy was going to be pretty luxurious, let's say. <laughs> uh, 
Did you and it was. I, I can't even imagine <laughs> like having someone so in there, you know, like Leo is like, he's a celebrity there and he's like in with the fashion houses. And I mean, I can't imagine like a better host to take you around. Yeah. And he was even kind enough to bring in like his sort of major influences, the guys who sort of shaped his experience as a surfer when he was a kid, like the um, the original locals from Italy who he's known since, you know, he was a little kid, ended up being our tour guides with Leo. And so we were able to fly into Rome and spend a few days just sort of like riding around on bikes and scooters and stuff with Steph. Just yeah, Vespas. eating food. We, I wish that we had Vespas. <laughs> the insurance on putting a, a seven-time world champ on a Vespa on a Red Bull production. Now A-time. I think. Uh, but no, we, we, we spent plenty of time, on, embarrassingly enough, on bird scooters and lime scooters. <laughs> like a whole pack of us cruising around Rome. But Rome's one of those cities that you can pretty much walk the whole place if you have the time. And you're just constantly just like bewildered looking up at the architecture and, you know, stumbling upon these places that you're already aware of the historical implications of what they are because you read about them in your like elementary school uh, history books. And to be able to blow in, rip through Rome for two days, drive out to the coast, which is about 30, 40 minutes to Ladispoli, which is where Roby D'Amico and where Leo would spend most of his time when he was surfing. Um, and to see that there's like this cool, like full on like surf community just outside of Rome that feels like San Clemente or something. You pull up to Bonsai or this right point, which we won't name. Uh, and it feels like you're pulling up to the parking lot at Sano. There's families and camper vans that are hanging out at the beach all day, barbecuing and surfing. There's locals that have been there since the seventies. Um, and there's waves like, you know, probably between 150 and 250 days a year and a really like thriving local surf scene, um, which was not necessarily what I was expecting. I was expecting novelty and, you know, scarcity and the, the hope that we might score waves. And we pretty much surfed for a week straight in between feeds. I mean, what is the Italian, you know, uh, interpretation of surfing? I'm curious, like, I feel like where I've traveled, uh, especially places where you don't expect surfing to thrive, there, there is like a certain local cultural twist on surf culture, their own interpretation of it to a certain extent. So I'm curious, like, how would you, how would you define Italian surf culture as opposed to like maybe California surf culture? What would define the two, two or differences? I've come to realize that a lot of surf scenes are somewhat a reflection of the period of time that they were sort of pioneered. And Italy was really largely sort of pioneered by surfers in the late 70s and early 80s. And it was a lot of guys who had started out windsurfing. Mm -hmm. And so to me, Italy and a lot of European surfing feels like it comes out of the sort of 80s uh, sort of feeling. And a lot of the guys that, are, that are, have been there forever, that was their era. And so it feels a little bit more, you know, California is very much like 60s California surf culture that's carried through. Hawaii has its own identity. Brazil, you know, kind of came out of the late 80s, early 90s. You go to those cities and they feel like late 80s, early 90s surf towns. The Italian surf scene feels like it's like a sort of thriving, almost 80s surf scene. Uh, it's very working class. They've got surf schools, but it's 
it's part of like a like active outdoor lifestyle approach to like water sports. If that makes sense. I just imagine them all being very fashionable too. Very good looking and- people. I think Italians take a great deal of pride and attention to detail in mm-hmm. most things that they're able to present as Italian. And so clothes and shoes and all that stuff is certainly a part of it. And you'd actually see it in some of the like wetsuits that people were wearing. I've never seen more stylish wetsuit booties. That's awesome. They have like leopard print and like all these crazy designs on their wetsuit booties. I was like, oh, why? You know, Americans just wear black booties. You know, Vans did the white stripe on the side of a pair of booties and people were like, what is that? (laughs) Meanwhile, they're like fully rocking like fashion shoes. That's uh, awesome. Made out of neoprene. I love that. That Um, is so cool. I mean, and then, you know, the food aspect, I imagine, plays into it, too. Yes, Steph kept saying that she was losing followers because it was becoming like a food blog. (laughs) But everywhere you go, like, you know, if you you can walk into the most, like, humble little, like, neighborhood restaurant or the most celebrated restaurant in Rome, and you're still going to get one of the best meals of your life. Like you can walk into any place in Rome and get an order of cacio di pepe and it's one of the best pastas you've ever had. And it's, you know, that same attention to detail and craft. There's a simplicity to food in Italy that leans on the, the, what the, the quality of the ingredients. I think everything there is just like perfect food, perfect pasta, perfect wines, perfect meats, perfect vegetables, perfect cheeses. Um, and that's how they eat every meal. There's like no shortcuts. Like the cornetto that or croissant or whatever you eat in the morning is the best croissant you've ever had, no matter what it is. Uh, and yeah, we were there for 10 days. I think we all put on like 15 or 20 pounds. <laughs> it's fucking gnarly. Let's talk about the surf spots. Yep. Uh, without naming them, of course. But like, what are the, the <clears throat> regions that uh, surfing is is predominant in or, or thriving in, in Italy? Because... There's a lot of nooks and crannies and a lot of corners, you know, to kind of uh, explore. Yeah, I mean, the coast of Italy on the east and west coasts and then adding in the islands like Sardinia, it's, it, I mean, the coastline dwarfs most other European destinations by a great deal. So there's a lot of options, but we, for our trip, we were focused on the western coast of Italy, north of Rome, and then we flew to Sardinia for a swell, which is in the southern part of Italy. But depending on the season, there's waves all over the coast. The south of Italy seems like it gets the most power um, and sort of like winter swells. But you're looking at short period wind swells from different directions as storms come across the Mediterranean or across the Adriatic. Yeah. So, so what was Sardinia like? To surf. I mean, I've heard from many people that it can get incredibly good. Yeah, it's Sardinia is unique in that there's so many little corners and nooks and crannies and the coast changes direction so much as you as you drive around the island that as weather systems come through, you have way more options than a lot of the other areas in Italy. And for me, I was going to Sardinia with absolutely no understanding or preconceptions about what the waves were going to be like and really no sense of like Sardinian history. And that trip for me was that part of the trip for me was incredible because we were going to a place that most people in that area, at least 
believe was like the first civilizations on earth. Wow. And we were going and surfing in areas where they have these, uh, these tombs that these neuragic populations built thousands of years ago that they believe were for these giants that lived on the island. They call it the tombs of the giants. And you're like going and visiting these beautiful vineyards and estates that are built on these archaeological spaces, which as far as I know are some of the only in the planet like that where you can have like a, you know, a farm-to-table restaurant on an ancient archaeological site. <laughs> That's um, crazy. So it was this very like unique sort of trip as far as what we were experiencing from a like historical perspective. It's a new meaning to visiting the old world. Yeah. <laughs> so Leo lined us up with Roby D'Amico, who's the, you know, short of Leo, the best surfer to ever come out of Rome. He's been on the QS for years. He's a part of the Italian team. And then this guy, Lorenzo Castagna, who has worked with the Italian Surfing Federation and with the Italian Olympic team um, for the last few years. I met him at the ISA Games forever ago. He's the nicest guy. And those two really, with Leo, Lorenzo, and Roby, they made a point of giving us like a proper like contextual tour they dropped history whenever they needed to. They explained, you know, the sort of origin stories of the surf scenes each where, you know, everywhere we went. Wow. And in Sardinia, where Lorenzo lives now, he brought us to meet Maurizio Spinas, who was born in Sardinia but spent most of his life all around Italy, and is like widely considered one of the first real like hardcore surfers in the country. And he's in his, you know, early seventies. And was just cruising around in a Volkswagen van with a couple of dogs and some loaves of bread and, you know, salami and meat and cheese, just chasing waves. Like he was, he kept saying that he couldn't think of a better place to spend the last season of his life than home in Sardinia. Wow. And I think Steph was really taken with the whole scene and all the local characters that we met. Like she was uh, so fun. It was, you know, it's. You never know how someone that famous is going to be in, you know, really like humble situations. And Steph, every time I've ever traveled with her, is like the most graceful traveler and the easiest person to get along with. But she's so good about engaging and really spending the energy to like understand the people that she's encountering in each of these local areas. And she was like the perfect guest for, for this for this episode. Because you could tell that she just loved feeling like she was a part of, she kept calling it the big family. Uh, <laughs> that like in Italy, you're part of the big family. Like you don't have a choice. You're coming with it. And that's how it was. It was just like you had, you were along for the ride. And Steph was more than happy, just like I was, to just take a back seat and just let them run with it. And we scored waves and ate crazy good food and met a million friendly people. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation you had with Steph and Leo, I think it was really fun. And just to listen to them gush over the whole trip, like, and describe all the food and, and the places and the people I met. It's just, it's a really fun conversation. And, uh, well, let's just get into it. Um, I've always wanted to come to Italy and surf. Like, I've seen a lot of videos of Leo down here hanging out with his family and friends and Getting back to, you know, obviously he grew up surfing here, but um, yeah, I'm, I feel like whenever I'm in Europe, I just want to maximize my time when I'm on this side of the planet. So we were in Portugal and 
Leo sent me a text and said, hey, I'm going to go to Italy and there's going to be some waves. Do you want to come? So it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, speaking to the guys at Stab, there's no contest thing. This was in Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, that could be really cool. I mean, it, and it's not easy, you know, scoring waves in Italy. And, you know, Ashton's, the, everybody was so excited, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be, hopefully it's going to be sick, but I don't know if we're going to get waves, so it's hard to plan it. So I'm like, you know what, let's just go to Portugal, we'll compete, and then uh, we got a couple weeks to hopefully get some waves. There's a good chance that you get waves at this time, but it's, it's not guaranteed. And so the contest finished in the first four days, we got some fun waves in Portugal, and then I'm like, oh, there's a little swell, you know, Robbie was telling us a bit of a swell in Italy. And, you know, Steph and Harry, <laughs> Steph was just hanging around in Portugal. And I'm like, Steph, do you want to come to Italy? And I know that she uh, loves Italian food. She's been here before. <laughs> so mix the journey up with some food and waves. And I think you have a good combo. Mm -hmm. uh, is this one of the better, like, hosted trips that you've done, Leo, as far as having people here? I mean, uh, it's definitely... Every time you come to Italy, you're hosted by so many people. You do so many incredible things. And every time, everybody wel welcomes me incredibly. It's like next level. So this is honestly what we've been going through pretty normal for coming to Italy. Like every time you come for a trip, you'll get something very similar to this. Uh, you guys want to go through like what the, the sort of schedule was? We landed in Rome and just sort of go through the first like four days of the trip. Sort of your highlights? Yep. We landed, yeah, so when we, we were in Portugal, we scored some amazing waves, and then we saw a swell coming in Italy, and so we're like, all right, let's go to Rome, pound as much pasta as possible for three days, and then we'll go surf some waves. And uh, that's basically what we did. We landed in Rome, got a really cool apartment, walked around the city, ate so much pasta. I think Steph's boyfriend ate seven tiramisus in two days. <laughs> And he said he was, <laughs> Steph had a bite of those two. And I think you guys enjoyed that, right? It was incredible. It was so cool to, to have Leo, you know, take us around to some restaurants and, and Robbie to restaurants that they'd been to before or they were, you know, family friends. And to see Leo sort of explain, oh, my mom, you know, she knows all these guys and she knows Rome like the back of her hand. And, and then, yeah, we were able to show up and get, Great food straight off the bat. Um, of course, you just think, how can we possibly eat anymore? But you do, you keep going and <laughs> the, the wine and everything has been great. And then to go and see um, a lot of the iconic um, Rome architecture and stuff like that was really cool. And, and I think, I don't know, I feel like for Leo too, like he, everyone knows about these buildings, but it was nice to kind of sit there and chat about what they actually mean, what's, you know, where they come from, who built them, what the story is sure. behind them. And I think you were even still learning a little bit about oh, them. Oh, 100%. I'm 100% learning. I've been to Rome millions of times, but the history of Rome is so incredible. It's so old. There's so much to know about. And I'm a rookie at that as well. You know, I can take you guys around. I'll show you. I'll, I'll tell you the name, but I'm not a historian. So I guess it would have been cool to have an historian with us to tell us about the meanings of it. But I mean, it's so... Yeah, the architecture in Rome, I mean, I'm always, I, everywhere I go in the world, I tell everybody I'm sorry, but Rome is the best city in the world. Nothing beats Rome. You got beautiful cities in the world, of course. You have New York, that's insane. You have some, some incredible cities in this world, but Rome, it just lives you. Every street just lives you, like, just 
going, what the hell? How is this possible? Mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> I think. And I've been to uh, Italy and Rome before, but um, yeah, to do it with some cool Italians and, you know, Romans, it was really special because you get the, yeah, you just, I don't know, you, you feel like you're a part of the local culture so much more than just being a tourist walking around. Uh, how would you describe the Roman hospitality from these guys, from Roby and Leo? So welcoming. Exactly what Leo said. Everyone, when you come here, it's like you're in the big family and it just seems to get bigger everywhere you go. Like there's friends and there's family and then it's like the Italians are a whole nother level and they welcome you into their restaurants and their homes and, and their homestays and, and they just, yeah, they're so excited to, to have you here and and they're really proud of their food and their culture and their language and the passion and everything is just, it's... I agree. I agree. I mean, for, I think for Italians, it's so important to show you the best of whatever we're showing you. To, you know, because we're proud. Like you said, Italians are proud. And for me, and I mean, even Robbie, Robbie even more, you know, we're so proud to make sure, we want to make sure that you guys come and have the best time possible. We want to make sure that happens. And sometimes you have pressure because you want to really make sure that we're doing the best things and you see Robbie sometimes he stresses out because he's such a proud passionate Italian that if he brings Steph if he brings you guys anybody any friend from all over the world he wants to make sure you're having the best food you're doing the best possible things and you're surfing the best possible waves at the right time which I feel like that is much more complicated than people realize like swell forecasting mm -hmm. and chasing waves. Oh my God, like, yeah. You know, this idea that the coast is small and there's a few options for waves and you know when those are. Yeah, I mean, I've, the last, the last three weeks I've been talking to Robbie and I was like, and Robbie's like, Ashton's just like, yeah, let's just go with the flow. Let's just go to Italy. We'll see what we find. And he, I, I'm just like, no, it's just not how it works. We have to, it's so hard. You just, you, you cannot just go with the flow. You got to make sure that I mean, swell forecast in Italy is so hard to predict, and Robbie's really, really good at it. And I'm just glad we got some fun waves. I mean, I've, I've had so many more incredible waves than what we had here, but I think all of us had some fun, and uh, we got to share uh, the journey, because Italy, I think, is so much more about the whole journey, the whole adventure, and not only about a single session or about you know ripping into some turns. It's more about uh, sharing waves with friends, and that's, I think, what we did really well. Really well. Um, how was your experience of the Italian surf community, like, as far as, like, showing up and being, so I feel like they were so excited for you guys to be there, like, more than I've seen mm -hmm. anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. I noticed um, on my social media when we were in Rome and I was posting a few photos and the amount of Italians that were, you know, sending me DM requests saying, like, please come to Sardinia, please come to... Tuscany, please come to my town and, and like, we want to see you surfing here. We, you know, it was really special to know that there's a really wide surfing community in Italy and, um, and everyone was just really excited to see that we were here and, and potentially going to show up at their local surf break. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just, I could feel the love already and, and at each spot we go to, it, there's been some really incredible characters that we've met and especially coming down here to Sardinia and meeting um, you know, Maurizio and Lorenzo and all of the guys who, yeah, they're the godfathers of, of surfing culture in, in Italy. So it's really special to share these moments with Leo and, and then little Danny and to have like the, all the d different generations of Italian surfing. That's so true. I mean, a, a lady yesterday when we were surfing the little bay, the little onion bay, she came up to me, she's like, 
yesterday, you know, I got a scoop from somebody that you were gonna be at this wave at 1 p.m. So I went there and I waited for you guys, but you guys didn't show up. And now I finally got you guys. Can we take a photo, please? Like, who, who told you, who's giving you scoops of where we're gonna maybe be or maybe wild. do it? Like, like, that was so funny. Spaghetti wireless. <laughs> Look at, well, it's a coconut wireless in Hawaii, right? So. Yeah, the spaghetti wireless, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she took a photo of me while I was on the tree, and she posted on her story, and she's like, show up at the beach and see love your monte on the tree, at your home, home spot on the tree. <laughs> uh, I've never seen surfers br almost bring people to tears, like, on the beach. Like, when people were watching you, the people that were there, like, it, there was like, people that came up watching, like, I can't believe that we get to see Steph surf here. You know, they had all that. There was just like so much emotion. Uh, what was that like for you guys? Like just seeing like the reaction of them all during those sessions. I mean, I've, I saw the Italians in the water just watching Steph catch waves, and they they're just seeing her do a turn and look at each other. They go, "Ooh, poor Kuhani. They were just laughing. It was so funny. They just look at each other and go. <laughs> and she's just being Steph, which is insane, but she was just riding waves, and, and they were just all like looking at each other going, and um, I think they really appreciated that. They don't see, I mean, they see some good surfers come through here, but seeing, I mean, Steph surf, a, a girl, which is, I think, the best surf in the world, come to surf their home spot, I think for them just, it, they'll remember this for like their kids and kids and grandfathers will be telling these stories, I think, for sure. Oh, thank you. But no, I think like, it, like Leo is the best Italian surfer in the history of Italy surfing. Like, let's be real. So, yeah, you're like the Valentino Rossi just <laughs> shows up and hangs out with the local surfers. And that's what's so cool about surfing. You know, you don't, to meet superstars of, of a sport just at your local town, at your local beach is unheard of. So that's, that's so surfing. special. Yeah, that's what surfing that's is, surfing. is about. Yeah, and see that many get that proximity with your... You don't get Valentino coming to ride your streets. Exactly. But so. you do get, like, surfers coming to Leo surf your spots. You get Leo coming spots. down to your local spot just doing, like, air reverses and stuff. And, yeah, that, that really is, I'm sure, for the local community, so special to see. But like you were saying, that you almost need a historian around to, like, explain different details about every building. I feel almost the same way about every town's food. You mm -hmm. need like a food, like a local food person to explain all the things that are specific to that region here. Oh, it's, you know, Italy, like when you, like you go to north of Italy and you ask for mozzarella and they look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> and you're still in Italy, but you ask for mozzarella and they go, hey, go to Naples for mozzarella. And you're just like, <laughs> and, and it's crazy to think that, you know, we're eating mozzarella across the other side of the world and like, finding it but then you go to Milan and you ask for mozzarella and they can't even give it to you because Italy is so much about the food you know there's so much culture in the food mozzarella is in Naples then you have this over there the, the right like every single town has its own food you have burrata which is in Puglia you have so many different um, towns that have their own foods and they're special at it they have their specialties like we came to Sardinia and we had the Mirta, which is the local liquor, we had the porcetto. Even all the pastas have their own, like, just added touch to it. And Rome, obviously, has the Amatriciana, Cacio e Pepe, Carbonara, which is so much more strong of food. So each, each town, each country, I mean, each town, each little, little town, little, literally part of Italy, has their own foods, and it's, it's so special. Um, uh, 
part of what I wanted to talk about in the episode was the Italian like pride and attention to detail and craft and like the quality of products here that uh, for, from everything from like even local surfboard shapers or boards look so perfect and like like dialed in to like the local little coffee shop like their pastries are perfect there's no like no one half-asses anything in Italy I feel like so true, you know. That's why Leo, I'm just going to jump in, but that's why Leo is so great at what he does. Like, I see it in everything that he does. It's, it's you know, you're not doing it at 50%. It's 150%. And he's like, and that goes no matter where he is around the world. He's working on himself, on him, on him surfing, and like training. Everything is just full on because he wants to be better. And you can see that that, yeah, it's an Italian passion that's like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be the best. It and is. what do I have to do to get there? It is, it is. It's, and I think that's definitely an Italian thing and that's what I've grown up with my family. If you do something, you do it right. There's no other way around it. And, and you know, that's just, that's just the only way to go about it. And whether it's food, whether it's Italian, you know, shaping boards, whether it's um, Italian architecture, whatever it is, you see it in them and they spend years and years perfecting this craft. Like yesterday, when we had the, the porchette do the pig yesterday, this family has been, it's been 15 years building this farm to then be able to do what they did yesterday. And it's about to open for the first time. And it's just like, and it's just, that's Italian families, Italian people that want to, you know, for them to build 15 years of a farm. To me, I could never do something like that. Or, but that's just them wanting to do it right. And they probably could have opened what they did this five or 10 years ago. But they're like, nope, we have to do it right. And whatever time it's going to take, it's going to take. And, and that's why when you come to Italy, you see that passion that everybody talks about. And it's so true because you go to the bakery, you have the most amazing pastries that are perfectly made. Um, and so much more to that, don't you think? And they've been, been made by the same family for generations. And that's really what, you can taste it. You can feel it. Like you walk into these, these shops and these restaurants and these homes and it's like, yeah, the, it's been so many generations of happy, passionate big family Italians just loving what they do and what they can share with people. And I really hope that doesn't change like like yesterday seeing the young guy Paolo that was taking us around you know he's probably what 35 and he's proud of his own farm that you know his family bought 15 years ago and it looks like he's going to be carrying it around to his kids and all the way through and I hope that doesn't you know Italians we don't lose that we don't lose that effect of being proud that feeling of being proud of building something, of showing something, and it goes through generations because a lot of the coolest things that you see today are older people showing you. So I hope that my new generation that lives in Italy keeps following that, that culture of Italian, whatever it is, food, crafts, whatever you want to build. What do you think it's like for someone like Maurizio or Gigi, like seeing you on the world stage, seeing you come here with him and appreciate that? Maurizio, Maurizio is, he, you know, he's one of the, really the pioneers of Italian surfing and he's traveled the world, you know, he's, he's been around the world, he's been, he used to be the president of the Italian Federation, so he's been to many ISAs, he's probably seen Steph compete somewhere at some ISA way back then, and he's a proper surf fan, and for him, at how old is he, 65, maybe even more, to see Steph come surf his home break, I'm sure that was something that he would have never thought that would happen in his life. He would have never thought that would happen in his life and for him to see her surf a three foot little wedge right there 
And actually, he surfed with you. Yeah. So now he's able to say, I've surfed with Stephen Gilmore at 60 whatever. And that's, that's amazing. And, you know, I think I, what I loved about Maurizio is that he's just still living and breathing surf culture. Like, and he, you know, he said that the other day that he just is so happy to see out the last phase of his life at this beach in his van, you know, with his, with his girlfriend and his, and it's just like, that's, that's true surf culture. That really is. When you meet those characters, those salty characters. It's so true. So, you just know that, that, that's, you so, just know that, that's, that, that is what is the coolest part about surfing. And like he breathes and lives surfing and he wants to do that until yeah. and he said now I'm retired and my life is slowing down I can do exactly what I want and exactly what I want is showing up at the beach with my 86 surf van that he still has and 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 do that and go to the beach and you know what he said he wants to put an electric motor onto his 86 surf van doesn't matter how much it costs because he's got the time to build it he's got he's retired he's gonna enjoy this and surf at the beach until the end of his life and that's that's so cool i think yeah when he said he's like this is this is where i want to spend the last season of my life like i you could tell when he said that that he meant it with no regrets no like anything like no fomo about mm -hmm. any he, he's right where he wants to be we yeah. should all be so lucky he was telling me that during you know covid obviously here was really hard too and you couldn't surf and he said that he was going surfing at that beach and he got caught up by the cops a couple of times. I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure he's a, he's a wild whatever. <laughs> and he was going surfing and the police would stop him and say that you couldn't go, like wanted to find him. And he said, I have a sickness. I need to breathe ocean water. I need to be in ocean water and I need to go get fresh water in the ocean. And the cops were like, why don't you just get on the shore break? He's like, no, I have to paddle out the back with a water bottle and grab water for me to bring it home to be able to breathe ocean water because I need to be able to breathe that to live. Otherwise, I'll get asthmatic attacks. So you made up this whole like, this whole thing about that just so he's able to do what he loves. And he's like, at this age, I'm not going to waste a year without surfing. No way. I'm going to get out there and enjoy it. And he's probably one of, he said he was, I was surfing. He's like, Leo, I was surfing every day by myself. And it was the best thing ever. What a legend. Even, even the attention to detail on a bullshit story to try to yes. get past the cops is amazing. <laughs> of course. Like when he told me that, I'm like, that's just... He's a cool character. Uh, what were like the highlight of the trip for either of you guys who, who could start? Just like... Oh my goodness. Um, so many highlights, but I don't know. I feel like yesterday, um, well, I don't know if you can't put timelines in, but um, yeah, surfing at, what was the name of that little beach again? Kala Chipola. Onion Bay. Which is Onion Bay. Yeah. Okay. Surfing at Onion Bay yesterday just seemed like everyone was in such a good mood. Maurizio was surfing with us. We were all trying different fun boards and it was like a really nice little wedge that was, it looks like West Australia. The coastline and the rocks and everything is, is really similar to home and, um, well, West Australia's not my home, but really similar to West Oz and it just has like a, I don't know, I felt like everyone was really enjoying the moment and it was definitely the highlight for me. And then of course we had a big, beautiful lunch, dinner, everything after it, so yeah. Good last day if that was the last Really day. good last day. Yeah, I think I, I have to agree with Steph. Yesterday was just um, a day in Italy that you'll remember. You know, we surfed, 
we, we weren't sure about the waves, and that's Italy too. You weren't sure about the waves, or like, oh, the waves are shitty. We're not really going to surf. We checked a few spots, hoping for something, but not really. And then that's what happens in Italy. You show up at a beach, which we thought was going to be flat because the day before was supposed to be bigger. And it was bigger. It was clean. There was not really many people out. And we had to surf all of us on fun boards, which I don't get to do too often, which I actually really enjoyed to ride something different. We surfed like three hours, sharing waves, this perfect little wedge, laughing around. And, and then came in, had this amazing lunch at home with like just fresh bread, mozzarella, prosciutto, so much different foods. On two, one of the best dinners I've ever had probably, and I think many of us can relate to that. So I think that was a really cool Italian day, which mixed in some surfing, food, and just having fun with friends. What board did you bring then? Like, what sort of equipment would you bring to Italy if you were going to go back? Like, what and what's like year round? Like, do you, are you going? Are you wearing like a three mil in the winter, or does it get colder? Do you know? Like, what's what's kind of like the equipment situation when you head over there? We were there pretty much in the dead of winter, and it wasn't as cold as I expected. It wasn't, you know, I would say a three two, maybe a four three with the hood if you were sensitive. During the winter, during the summer, apparently it's way warmer. Yeah. And board-wise, it doesn't get that big. I would, if, if I was to go back, I would honestly have brought a longboard, some sort of like little twin fin fish, and just one good high-performance shortboard for if the waves got really good. But there's a ton of really fun sort of soft points and cobblestone reefs and um, a lot of beach breaks, a lot of weird little nook and cranny sort of novelty wedges. And, you know, it's short period windswell in a sea, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Where I grew, you know, I grew up on a similar body of water that might be even less consistent on the Gulf, but it's for anyone who's grown up anywhere that just deals with short period windswell, that's what you're dealing with probably 60 to 70% of the time. It, and it looks like beautiful, like the backdrop of all these places. And they have like, a lot of um, beach clubs, right? Like set up on the beach. There's like a whole interesting beach culture too to that whole area. Yeah, it's. I, I've come to appreciate places where they've made a point to keep the actual waterfront a space for everyone. It's not just houses built on the beach. And a lot of places that we went and surfed and cruised around, you know, you would park and there'd be like a little waterfront cafe or a place to get a coffee and a croissant. It was just very civilized. Um, and then there'd be a great surf spot out front. And that definitely seemed to be people's rhythm. Like we're in Southern California. Everyone's like, you know, you wake up, you go surf, you get a breakfast burrito, you go back and surf there. It was like, wake up, go surf, have a croissant, go surf, get pizza, bring it down to the beach, <laughs> go surf, come back, more pizza, pasta, whatever, like go to sleep. Uh, I want to be on that program. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's it's a, amazing. It's a it's a new training regimen that <laughs> we're working on. Um, now, in filming this, what what happened? Anything happened behind the scenes? Any any difficulties? Anything that really uh, challenged you in making this, or was this like the easiest thing to shoot? Italy was pretty seamless and it was really the first trip that we'd done where the whole episode was filmed in one sort of swoop through a location 
Because at that point, we just sort of filmed bits and pieces of New York all at once. This was the first trip where we were like, all right, we're going to film just this episode. And yeah, I mean, the cha challenges are behind the scenes stories. Um, surfing full, surfing on a full belly. Oh, <laughs> trying to surf after, yeah, trying to surf after like eight bottles of wine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what what I thought was the, there's way more enthusiasm and like organized sort of community across the whole country of Italy than I was expecting. A lot of places that I travel, like you'll find a little area that I'm like, oh, wow, they have a really cool thing going in that little town. Mm -hmm. The takeaway from Italy is that like everyone sort of knows each other. Yeah. You know, we had... Matteo Fabri come over from Tuscany just because he found out we were cruising and surfing. It's like, you know, a three and a half hour drive. And in that way, it felt very similar to Florida in a weird way. It felt like, a you know, the, the, the vibe had an East Coast hunger that was really familiar to mm. me. That they'll surf in the shittiest waves imaginable and love every second of it. Like, thank you. Can I have another? And I appreciate any surf community that's built on that, like that little bit of scarcity and hunger, I think breeds like really special zones. Uh, and in that way, Italy felt really familiar. So now let's break it down. How much does it cost to go? Like what's the, what's the economics uh, yeah. behind this? Um, Italy's expensive. Like there's no real way around it. It's a, you know, it's a fairly affordable flight if you're already in Europe to fly into Rome you can rent a car to get around. You pretty much exclusively rent Mini Coopers. The <laughs> called Cinquecentos. I think Cinquecento? Cinquecento. Whatever, the, 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 the 500s. Uh, are they Fiat 500s? Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. Mini Coopers. No, Fiat. Mini Coopers English. Yeah. Fiat would be Italian. There uh, you go. I'm getting that confused already. <laughs> yeah, so you, you when you get there, you you know you can rent the smallest rental car you'll ever rent in your entire life, a little Fiat 500, they call them Cinquecentos, and you're driving through streets that look like they're out of the Italian job. Like, it's tiny, ancient roads built for walking that you're trying to drive these little cars around with four or five board bags strapped to the roof to the point where, like, the height of the board bags is taller than the actual height of the car. Um which I, I always remember seeing like in Endless Summer 2 with Pat and Wingnut and those guys like taking the, the, their little car out of France and thinking like, oh, that's set up and like fake. <laughs> and then like first thing I was like, can we get a bigger car? They're like, no, <laughs> you're getting a Fiat. Uh, no it, Alfa Romeo. No. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything else that was like, oh, the, the last day we went and so Sardinia is known for this like, Fairly gruesome to say it, but it's known for this like suckling young pig that they cook mm. where they kill a fit a pig that's like under eight kilos or something like that, a young pig. And then they spit roast it over this particular wood that they grow there that's for a liqueur that they just still called Mirto. So they like burn it over Mirto leaves that has this like almost like a nice smell to it. But it was one of the more like extravagant meals that I've ever had. And it was like our last night and we had this entire spread with like five generations of Italian surfers all hanging out together wow. from like 10 years old up to their 70s. 
And it was one of those moments where you can just like look and go like, ah, oh, Italian surfers like know how to live. Like you can just look at how happy everyone was and, you know, how connected they all were um, across these generations. And it was, uh, it was one of those moments where it felt right. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like being in the presence of the real, you know, the real thing. God, that sounds awesome. Um, so let's now then break it down. Where can, how can people discover to go surfing there? What do they, where should they go? How can, who can they reach out to? So I would, I don't think Leo's going to answer my DMs. <laughs> so, uh, Lorenzo Castagna, uh, he is a incredible resource. He, he'll, he does surf tours for Italians to other places, but he's just as eager to connect people with who they should go see and where they should go if they're coming to visit Italy. Um, he owns a company called Loca that you should look up on Instagram, send him a DM if you're heading to Italy, and he'll give you a laundry list of things to do, all the best restaurants to hit, and where to think of sort of keeping an eye on depending on the season that you're traveling to Italy as far as waves go. That's awesome. And, uh, and any surf shops? Did you go to any surf shops there, by the way? No, when we were there, we were it was we had basically like a day and a half in Rome uh, and then a day on the coast. And then the swell basically moved south to Sardinia and we had wow. to get on a plane and fly. And I don't know if there's any surf shops in Sardinia. I feel <laughs> I, I, we you know there might be in Cagliari, but none of the towns that we were in seemed to have any real infrastructure. Amazing. And, I remember it being a challenge to find wax. So the plan is, are you going to go back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, listeners, like, I've been to Italy. I love Italy. And uh, to add surfing to that would be icing on the cake or uh, gravy or marinara to the pasta, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, like that's... Sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sauce. Sauce, you know? But... Uh, Honestly, this episode is uh, mouth-watering, if you will. And to see Steph Gilmore, too, like in that element, I think is really, really cool um, and really neat that you had her come along. And, and Leo, too, who just seems so charismatic and uh, very just real fun to watch surf. So it must have been really cool to be kind of in the lineup with those two, at least, and watching them. Yeah, it was a great trip. Everyone had, like, surfing together most of the time. It was just us. If we were sharing the lineup, it was with a handful of guys who were so psyched to see Leo and Steph. It was, like, ridiculous. They would jump out of the water and start taking photos. And by the time we'd get out of the water, there'd be, like, a small crowd of people hanging out on the beach to watch Leo and, and Steph surf. And, you know, they take a real pride in not just their athletes and in their culture and their food, but in like their sense of place. And I think that it meant a lot for them to see how much Steph and I really loved being there. You know, I think they were like, it's one of those places you probably, they probably have to do a lot of convincing when they travel around the world of being like, you should come. There's waves like come to Italy <laughs> when it really shouldn't take that much arm twisting to get you to go to, you know, the cultural cradle of civilization and food. Um, but yeah. Well, uh, listeners, definitely uh, check out this episode. I would also recommend go check out Bella Vita, the yes. film as Jason well. Jason Boffa's movie. Jason Boffa's movie where he goes with Connor Coffin and, uh, and the other whole crew when they surf Italy. And 
it's again another eye-opening uh, extra content to put on top of this episode that I would check out. And uh, of course, uh, we'll be back with the next episode of uh, No Contests Off Tour and another secret location that we can't disclose in this episode. Uh, but I am very excited for it, Ashton, and looking forward to talking to you about our next locale. Of course, man. Stoked to uh, catch up on the next episode. You and we will check you out. And of course, go to Red Bull TV to uh, look at No Contest Off Tour. And of course, we will see you uh, next time. Um, you want to go through how many different types of pasta and different types of meat? <laughs> Do you remember the names of? Okay, I want to ask you this. Here we go. Name me as many pasta names that you've had since we've been here. I want to hear this. Okay. Amatriziana. Amatriziana. Yes, pretty good. Cacio e pepe. Cacio e pepe. Um. What else? We had a carbonara, and then we've had a, well, I don't know the name of the pasta of the one last night, but it was like a bolognese, but it wasn't a bolognese. I honestly don't even know what that one was. I know the fregola, I know the fregola, which is like the couscous, which looks like the thick couscous, which is a very Sardinian-like grain. Yep, yep. And then we had, no, we had the calamari. Calamarata. Which was over here, yeah and a hundred tiramisus. What about the clam one? Spaghetti vongole. Vongole. Vongole, vongole. That's pretty good, is that enough? And then like all the pizzas. And the pig, the pig style, what was that? Don't know the name of the pig. Porceddu. <laughs> but I'm pretty surprised, that was really good. I feel like when you come back from Italy, all you've learned are pasta names. Yeah. <laughs> And stuff like that. You're like, you couldn't name, you know, like a, how to go right or left, but you know 50 different ways to make coffee. And Mito. Mito. And what else? Yeah. Lots. Lots of coffee. Oof.